0: Hello and welcome to another epic-themed edition of Life of Die. I'm your regular host, Gordon, and once again I'm joined by fellow epic fanatic, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hello. Thanks for joining me. And in this latest episode, we're continuing our odyssey of our favourite second edition armies from Space Marine, or epic, whatever you want to call it. And this time we're going to be looking at the Imperial Guard. Just a very quick reminder to listeners that these lists feature our favourite armies. And although towards the end of the podcast we'll try and talk about some of the unloved units that didn't make the cut, but the Imperial Guard have so many units that we probably won't be able to cover everything. So this is not meant as a an exhaustive record of every unit in the game. So without any further ado, um I think probably should talk a few general should probably talk a few generalities. <laughs> it's easy for me easy to say. Easy, easy. Yep, yep. About the Imperial Guard, I think probably the first thing I would mention would be the, their coherency rule, which I find is a bit kind of limiting for the force. It makes them, certainly makes them tricky to, to run. What do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's I guess the way they've been built up is to be a kind of representation of traditional military force like you'd find in the modern world. Um, so they, they've tried to embed a little bit more of the command and control and hierarchy sort of structure into this army more than most. And it also is you know, to, to highlight that a lot of the the troops on the ground are probably inexperienced or, you know, just recruits from the from the planet or planetary defence forces, or whatever you want to whatever way you want to go with them. So they baked in these command rules to, to kinda of highlight that and, uh, and obviously gives them a little bit of a, a disadvantage um tactically. So you, you get a lot of troops, but you might, you have to kind of keep them bundled together and close to their commanders to be able to advance them. So yeah, I mean the the basics of it is it's that each company you buy will come with a, a company HQ. Um, which is generally a couple of stands of int- infantry and a Rhino or Chimera later on. And they need to remain within 25 centimetres of the section HQs, which are is one unit from each of the det- detachments, which is designated as that, in order to issue orders. Otherwise, they'll just default to not moving and only being able to fire in advance fire phase. So it could be quite debilitating if they fall out of command. Yep. So yeah, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a tricky one to, to manage. They, they make it slightly or you by giving you free commissars with each of the company cards yeah they help yeah so they can take over the company hq role and they can lead off detachments by themselves to go on their own and away from the company hq which definitely makes it easier so yeah it's 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 a little bit of a a tricky one to to work around sometimes easy for easy to forget as well and i think it's something we, we were talking about before we we started the recording but section hqs are are also very important you can lose your section hq and um, can effectively render that detachment fairly inert something you've always got, got to bear in mind is you know keeping them slightly back from the rest of the detachment for sort of targeting uh, purposes
0: yeah i mean i tend to put them Half a centimeter behind them, they so that they can't be targeted. But yeah, it's an annoying rule. At the section HQ1, I've always had a bit of a problem with that. It's always frustrated me, that rule.
1: Yeah, I think I think at this scale it's kind of a bit daft. Um, it makes sense. Let's say play other games like Bolt Action, um, where it's you know one of these things. that makes sense because you can see that one of these guys is an NCO or one of these guys is a commander or whatever. But I think it, at epic scale, it, the abstraction should be that someone else will pick up that role within the squad if the if the section HQ falls. Or it just makes it more bookkeeping in my mind, or or more micromanagement you've got to do with the Imperial Guard that you don't have to do with the other forces. It's a little bit annoying.
0: But. Yeah. It is tricky, definitely tricky, and the other thing that's tricky about them as well is that they have a really poor morale value, most of their units are 4+, plus, yep. so it's basically once they break, there's a 50-50 chance that each unit is going to start running away, mm-hmm. <laughs> which which isn't great either. <laughs> I think if you're playing Imperial Guard, you really want to be hammering that other force and breaking them as quickly as possible, because you know that as soon as your guys go, probably a lot of them are going to start falling back, and hopefully they won't flee the actual table but although with vehicles that's likely to be the case because they're usually fast enough. Hopefully it won't impact too much but yeah, I think you've got to do your damage as quietly as possible with Imperial Guard because of that.
1: Yeah, it's like a balancing thing I guess to offset the fact that you do get quite a lot of troops for the the points and they are quite cheap to get troops. I think the Imperial Guard more than any force they'll really benefit from taking company cards rather than filling up support slots basically if you've got the points to buy another company rather than a few support cards then it's definitely worth buying the company just to keep that break point up high i agree so yeah, I think I think you'll probably see. I've I've not seen your list yet, but I think we'll both find that we both lean in towards the, the companies whenever possible, and probably neglect a lot of support choice, which is a bit of a shame because it, it does mean a lot of guys are left on the table who are maybe interesting to take, but because they don't come as a company or they're maybe too expensive to take as a company, you don't you don't see much action, so it's a, a little bit of a shame in that regard. But
0: yeah, same every four, so <laughs> we've always got our favourites. Definitely. Yeah, what I love is having the, so many tanks at your disposal and you're able to you have all these kind of phalanxes of tanks swarming across the board and pushing your front up into the, to the enemy territory. So I always liked that about them, that you could have so much, literally dozens and dozens of tanks on the battlefield. And that's not, you don't see so much of that with, with other forces I and mean, marines to an extent with the mm. land raiders and rhinos. But yeah, I think... IG are definitely the most tank-heavy force, and I've always liked that about
1: them. Yeah, it really appeals to me too. I think if it wasn't for playing Epic, I'd I'd always loved to have got into like six-millimeter Cold War or World War II games as well for that same reason. So the IG allows you to scratch a little bit of that itch, although even if it does break your immersion if you're coming up against you know space elves or (laughs) or demons or whatever. But yeah, certainly. Like when I was growing up, my brother and I were both really into kind of World War II and and modern combat and stuff, so we were always going for the Imperial Guard. As our kind of first choice because we like to play that kind of tank and infantry and mechanised combat as closely as possible to reality. So no, I can
0: understand that. So shall we crack on with the lists and get right into it? Yeah. So I'll let you go first. Your two thousand point army.
1: Yep. So two thousand points. Um just another little last caveat imperial guards they follow the same army building structure to the the majority of the rest of the forces without too many caveats so they've got the company card allows you to buy up to five support cards and one special card and as i said earlier with with each company card you get one of these free commissar cards as well which doesn't take up support slot and it's just a commissar and a rhino and so it's a really big ad for them so, yep, 2,000 points. The backbone of my forces are is going to be the same throughout, I think, for all of my um, lists here. And I'm taking a heavy infantry company, which gives you 15 stands of heavy support infantry, which are effectively the same stat line as the marine devastators they get two attack dice 75 centimeters minus one modifier but 600 points versus like a thousand points for the the marines without the rhinos and a a, one less stand per detachment but
0: yeah the rhinos is a big minus i would say yeah yeah. means a harper again i really like the heavy units as well by the way so it's it's not i don't you'll see that appear in my my list as well
1: no, no, they're fantastic. I think I think they're they're great, and they do kind of end up being more of a kind of backlay unit. Whereas the Devastators, for the marines you might be able to get them into more weird and wonderful positions. For me, the heavy company tends to just take up position in the first forest or the first set of buildings they come to, and and lay down fire from there. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so they're brilliant. Again, stripping shields, taking out armor, they're fantastic for that. The next um company card I will take is the Lehman Rust Tank Company, and again, it's just because it's an iconic Imperial Guard tank. The Lehman Russ itself it's, it's one of these ones you can always argue whether the Predator's better or any other tank for, for that matter but the Lehman Russ is probably the one of the most kind of all round tanks in the game I think. 20 centimeter move 3 plus save. I think it's a 2 plus close assault factor. Let's check that. Um, but it has got, can hold its own in close combat which is more than can be said for the likes of any of the kind of Rhino chassis ones. So yeah 2 plus. And it's got the it's got two guns that fire 75 centimeters one's a battle cannon which has a minus two modifier and the the other ones the, the last cannons which are the, I guess on the in the front of it as well hull mounted one and that's just got a minus one so versus the predator it's a little bit more bookkeeping because you've not got this you know you're not just rolling three dice and having the same target save modifier which, which is one of the nice things that you can do with the predator and obviously you're you're losing a shot as well for that matter but you are getting a harder hitting battle cannon so I think on paper, the Predator probably is the better choice, you know, for more situations. But I think it's just it's just that kind of iconic thing again of taking the taking the Lehman Russes because it's an Imperial Guard tank. And and I think I've tried to do that throughout My list of maintained sort of Imperial Guard units specifically rather than bleeding into the the Marine Forces because at this stage in the game, at this stage in you know, the release cycle for Games Workshop, the Imperial Guard didn't have very many of their own units in, in the lower or in the product line for forty K either. So they were borrowing things that, at this point you could have Imperial Guard with Rhinos and Land Raiders and Land Speeders and all the other tanks. So it was a bit of an odd time in the in, in Games Workshop history for them. But try to keep them as Imperial Guard as possible, if that makes sense.
0: I mean what you're describing there is my problem with them. It's the, it's the bookkeeping thing Got to distinguish one of the dice, and I just, I will sound that quite (laughs) annoying. So, so the purists will hate my list because I don't have the Lehman Russ in it. I was, I did want to have them featured at some point, but. I went back to my my favourites of the Predators and the Vindicators that you'll see later on. So.
1: Yeah, like I say, I can't um, I can't deny that logic at all. But I just yeah, it looks great. The Leominster tank. It just looks like a proper something out the trenches kind of World War II, World War One, World War Two crossover tank. It's it's great. So yeah, that's why I'm taking it. Really, other than any good reason for it.
0: I'd agree that they're they're iconic looking and they've got a lovely look about them. So I totally understand why. I mean, I always want to have them, and that's the thing. But then I just think, oh, the annoyance factor. That's that's it, and it's not a good, it's not a good reason <laughs> to keep them out. But there, there, we go. That's that. That is what it is.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um. So other than that, I'm taking uh Imperial Guard bike company. So this gives you 15 bikes plus the command company HQ bike. So they are a fairly a basic stat line for them. They're not fantastic, but they are very fast. So they move 30 centimetres. They're great in close combat, plus three close combat, or close assault factor.
0: Yeah, NetEpic uh, nixed them a bit, I'm sure. They, That's made, right. them, they made them less uh, a lesser close assault factor, which was which was really annoying. It really put me off using them, because otherwise they were a default company to pick up. I totally agree with you.
1: Yeah, I think, it, I think it was so they could bring in the Space Marine Attack bikes as an option, and they kind of changed the, the bog-standard Imperial bike down a bit. But yeah, they they can really reach out and grab objectives and perform really well in close combat against other bikes that likely... I think we talked about this in a previous episode that generally a game of epic starts with bikes clashing in the middle of the battlefield at some point because most forces have this kind of fast attack unit for reaching into the other side of the board and you'd need to counter that with the same thing effectively. So yeah... It's a little bit dull, perhaps, in, in some regards, but it's, it's it's a necessary evil of the game.
0: Yeah, they're always a centrepiece, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they always they always get engaged quite early on. Um, and like us say, they, they can hold their own against the likes of Eldar jet bikes or marine land speeders, whatever. They can do the damage in close combat, and there's a big swarm of them as well. So they're really a good bet for holding objectives.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose that would be a, a benefit of the, the command rule is that your bikes would actually swarm. So if, if you're facing a an opponent such as the Eldar, where they've got they tend to space their units out a bit more, and to put their bikes Spread them across the one front. Your Imperial Guard bikes, when they hit them, are going to hit on mass. You know, so it should be unless the other, the elder player, is setting up to counter that. Then mm-hmm. you should probably be able to outnumber them and do some damage that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the one of the things that's maybe digressing slightly from this chat. But I remember reading one of the articles about you know epic tactics and and things like that. And it's not necessarily going for all the objectives, maybe picking five out of the eight and just really concentrating on on those. And I think. If you've got something like an entire bike company sweeping across the field, taking an objective per turn, perhaps, that can be pretty devastating. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely worth going down that alley with them. Yep. The final company card I've taken is the Imperial Guard Assault Company. So these are Imperial Guardsmen with jump packs and short-range kind of close combat bolters and I think swords or whatever. They're not modelled on them, but I think they've just got a pair of bolters, actually they are quite fast they move 15 centimeters and can cross over terrain just like anything with a jump pack and they've got a close assault factor plus one limited by the 25 centimeter range of their bolt pistols so they're definitely again another one to get forward and to try and get onto objectives and and then dig in and something imperial guard kind of lack is that that mobility from the infantry they bring in later on towards the end with titan legions they bring out the chimera models and they start bringing out supplements and white dwarf for mechanized companies it was a big ad and I was, it was, you know, considered for taking in these lists. are quite expensive to take them, but I think it's something that's kind of necessary for them because otherwise you do just end up having all your infantry sitting as this back line and, and be quite a static army otherwise. And so forcing myself to take bikes and assault troops gives a little bit of mobility to the force. And again, you play them in the same way where you'd kind of swarm them as much as possible because they have only got a plus one close assault factor, they're not going to be surviving too long against aspect warriors or even marines so you really want to use the benefit of their numbers um, where possible. And, and they're a very cheap company as well, so it's another way to get another Commissar onto the board.
0: Yeah, I was never that fond of them because of the plus one thing. I just felt that, I suppose if you're playing Light's Orcs or something, that's absolutely fine, because they're in, like in a similar situation. But if you're going to be up against, you know, if you think you're going to be up against Marines, less likely, I suppose. But certainly the Eldar are just going to tear through them, you know. it's
1: Aye, absolutely.
0: Personally, I've not got any, um, and for that reason, you'll see my answer to that in a minute or two. <laughs> Make it onto mine.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, giving them the the assault moniker it maybe gives them a false sense of confidence that they're going to be able to do some kind of assaulting. I think generally what they'll do is they'll you'll try to get them onto an objective and just dig them in. Yeah, I don't think they're really going to be pushing forward and again because of the HQ radius sort of rules and everything. The chain of command—they're not going to be able to push them too far forward anyway without you know without moving the whole company anyway so yeah they're good for certain things they can also be used as a cheap way of screening artillery from close assault from from being jumped by deep strikes or whatever so maybe do that kind of higher point values because they are one of the cheapest companies you can field with 350 points i think the bike company 300 points is probably the cheapest if i was trying to not tease it that's what i'd take it. whereas in actual fact you're probably better taking a second bike company if you can <laughs> yeah. rather than an assault company but yeah I'm, I'm trying to play it as honestly as possible and not make any enemies <laughs> <Play> nice. <laughs> yeah play nice, exactly and that's that's left me with 150 points left over for support options now this one's a bit i would say these support options i've taken i've taken a, a thud gun battery which is a really light artillery unit not great i think it's one barrage point each you know just as a, as a back lane thing just in case you're coming up against another imperial guard force or orcs or something that you can do a little bit of damage with them i would say for the last 150 points it's really down to preference you can take whatever there is some good support options out there. there's the like of the Ogrins, they are genuinely a good assault force um, plus six close assault factor i think
0: still on my thunder
1: yeah sorry I, I know i know you'll take them so um yeah they're they're good and i think you'll probably have probably better tactics for them than me because i think again just being a foot slogging troop choice that they're hard to get up the board and really get the get the most out of them but yeah I, th- I think there's there's quite a few options you could fill these this this 150 points with here depending on what your preference is and um, rattling snipers would be another one they're great for digging in and not being able to be shot at from less than 25 centimeters away so they can be quite annoying but i've opted to go for uh a rapier laser destroyer battery here again it's just a bit of a fire support unit i think we talked about them in the when we talked about the marines previously I did. but they're yeah they're they're definitely a, a cheap filler unit for 50 points and they could provide a little bit of fire support for that assault company perhaps or again just um, as a screening for the thud guns even though i wouldn't be too bothered if they got destroyed <laughs> um but yeah they could sit and then um, and fend off anything that came near them so yeah that that's my two thousand points and again from that i'm getting four commissars which was uh, pretty decent so yes that's my two thousand points nice what have you got
0: yeah so for mine i know you took the bike company i took the other cavalry company you can take which is the rough rider company i really love mm-hmm. the, the rough riders i just like the models frankly <laughs> i don't really yeah. care whether the stats are good or not i just really like having them i like seeing having that kind of mobile of uh, cavalry
1: yeah they're definitely a lot more intimidating the bikes for sure but
0: Um, it's about 30 isn't it yeah about 30 of them Mm -hmm. um you get so for 600 points yeah it's brilliant although in fairness you could get is that 30 bikes for the same price if you get two companies of bikes i think that is so you
1: yeah i think i think you're probably still better off with the rough riders yeah i think i think their stats are a little bit improved And, and as you said they are cavalry whereas i think the bikes are still classed as vehicles so this is something that was we've not really talked about but it's something that was um Tied up. yeah tidied up in titan legions the cavalry and, and so they, they brought in that cavalry class which includes like boar boys and rough riders which allows them to enter woods whereas bikes can't um at this stage in epic so uh they actually do have a fairly decent advantage there because that's something that you kind of find you tend to do with them or i tend to do with them quite a lot it's take them through woods
0: yeah Gives them cover, because when you get these kind of swarms of cavalry, they're going to be a massive target for barrage weapons. So I definitely try and put them through woods where I can. I think Net Epic just counted everything, even Imperial Bikes were, were cavalry, so you could move all those through woods as well. But yeah, you've got to be really careful with the Rough Rider Company because they can suffer in it, pretty horrendous losses. If you're up against somebody that's got a lot of barrage stuff against you so yeah careful to get behind buildings or through the woods ideally would be what i would do with them I should just mention that for people watching this on YouTube, you'll see my Rough Rider company you'll see that it's got a Shadowfax inspired leader. Now that's not 2nd edition. 2nd edition had basically the two HQ guys and the, the Rhino is a leader, but yeah, you'll see that in the photo in case anybody's wondering. What?
1: I've, done, I've done the exact same thing as well. Have I've got a <laughs> single white horse, kind of slightly skewed, mounted on, it's, it's on, it's on a rock to look even more heroic. <laughs> nice. And then I've got a Commissar one as well in the black horse, which... Uh, which again it's a net epic thing because at the moment the commissars just come with their rhinos and, and net epic. I think they they can be on bikes or be on um, horses or whatever. so. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, yeah, the Rough Riders are great. I love them. So, am my first choice of the company. A second company are the Predators, which, you know, pretty much straight swap for what you're doing with the Lehman Rush. Yours are more flavourful. Mines are just, they play better on the table, I suppose, is how I feel about it. Uh, they still get the 3 plus save, which I think. Which I think is the same as the Lehman Russ. Yeah. Um, so you get the three, you know, we talked about them last time, with the, or previous time rather, than the Space Marine Army, three guns on it. So you're talking 10 tanks, 30 dice to roll, what's not to like. And they're pretty fast, I think they're 25 movement. So I do love the Predators. They've um, always been favourites of mine, and it's great. I love the IG, just for the fact that I can have a, a company of them. That really pleases me. Um, so they're the kind of centre points of my, my force, and I think they're constant throughout. I've also taken three squads of Ogrein. Now, they are 100 points here, I think. In the, in the Epic, they're one, two, five from memory. And I also think in the Epic, there's a rule about them being stupid and they can't follow orders or something like something like that. Might be wrong, but certainly, I've always liked the augrines because they've got that plus six, and like I say, it's a, a no-brainer. Uh, to me, choosing them over the... The assault guys, what was it you said for the assault? Was it 300 and was it you get 15 of them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, so you're getting for the same cost, you're getting 12 all grounds, which we all get plus six. Now, you're right to say about the movement on the, the assault troops, All grinds are only 10. So, it is definitely the case that they've kind of it will take them time to get up the battlefield. I basically usually just charge them into woods to defend, if, if nothing else. Like you said, I do have similar strategies like you were talking about when you pick five. I always want to hold the four and one side of the board and target maybe one or possibly two if i'm really being a bit gallus (laughs) in the enemy territory so yeah they're definitely great for that And, and i would use the commissars i've got two commissars from those two companies i would use the commissars probably put one with two groups and one with a single group on their own and this is what i would have taken for the 150 points is the hellhounds i really like the hellhounds yeah move quite quickly, but it's those templates, so it's the kind of teardrop, the large fire template. I've always liked units that use that. Mm -hmm great for, because a lot of the infantry will be camping or hiding inside woods so i'll always like to hellhounds for that reason that you can just basically smoke out those those infantry and if you're really lucky you can actually do a lot of damage you can kill a lot of stands with it because it, you know infantry has no save basically by and large so i think they're great units again talking about the photos that are on the youtube channel here you will see that my <laughs> my hellhounds of i've got a mix of chassis or something i got two mm. different tanks at the same time and but i'm quite happy with them
1: no i think they look fine at least you've got the fuel tanks i, I bought. it seems to be a weird one that the epic 40k in um, revision of the hellhounds which is a marked improvement on the, the second edition ones for sure yeah
0: i've got those as well but
1: yeah so that when they moved them onto the chimera chassis version it's beautiful but for some reason the the fuel tanks are like hen's teeth. They're like, or, you know, they're, they're really hard to find. So mine don't have them annoyingly, and I've got two sets of them. Uh, so, yeah, if, if anyone's got any <laughs> spare fuel tanks <laughs> I want to send my way, I'd be most appreciative. <laughs> but I always do a bit of a stupid thing, anyway, having the, these massive fuel tanks in the back. But, um... well, that's
0: why I like what I've done. It was by accident, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. because I've got the fuel tanks and because I've got the wrong chassis, they're actually much more sunken and less prominent which would make a lot more sense anyway to me. And that was my personal redesign on the Hellhound. (laughs) The last thing I've got is a special card, which is a Leviathan. Now, it's a bit extravagant in a 2,000-point force, but they're just brilliant. <laughs> they're always going to appear in my IG forces because um, I just think they're so powerful. 350 points, you know, that's not much more than a, a super-heavy tank is. And for that, you get four Void Shields on it. You've got six attack dice, five or six attack, mm-hmm. minus one. You've also got a Battle Cannon, which, contrary to what I complained about with the... <laughs> the Lehman Rush tanks uh, is a separate dice you've got to roll there. So five again, five plus minus two. You've got the Doomsday Cannon, which is you know that's just the bee's knees. Yeah. So you get d six plus the barrage points. It's got two hundred range and it's minus three. It's going to take apart buildings. It's going to take apart any kind of enemy tanks that it happens to hit. So yeah, it's a big favourite of mine, the Leviathan. And frankly, if it wasn't for sheer variety. I would I've got two in my, my collection so I would probably be tempted to put two on it possibly for a five thousand. I would be tempted to mm-hmm. put two of them on the board. Haven't done so just because I'm trying to keep it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to yeah. put some variety out there. But it's too good, it's too good a weapon. It's got the 12 bolters as well, so if infantry trying to swarm around it, they're going to have problems with it. I should mention that the Leviathan was kind of powered up yeah. even further by Epic because it used, just, it used just to be a, a 1 plus save. So sometimes like a land raider or something might get lucky against it. You know, if you failed your roll, so if you rolled 1 or 2 against a land raider, the last cannon, the thing was just completely obliterated. Mm-hmm. But Net Epic gave the pra- the Praetorians a, a hit chart much like a, a Titan hit chart and it basically makes it a lot more reliable. It can take a lot more soak up a lot more damage. So your three hundred and fifty points is even even more. I don't think they even changed the points when they did that in the Epic. I think it
1: might be a wee bit more expensive but yeah I think I think I agree with you I, I love it as well I think it looks looks fantastic um and it's one again I hate using the word iconic but because I use it in all these chats <laughs> but um yeah it's, it's another iconic one now there's a few little caveats with it that like you said you can still take it out with a lucky shot once a void shoulder is stripped. Mm-hmm. There's the there's the whole thing where it only moves ten centimeters maximum, so the idea of transporting troops in it is fairly redundant. Yeah, because maybe a case for keeping your getting your organs up the field if there was you know risk of them getting barraged or something, but I, yeah, it's generally fairly pointless for that, especially in how lethal it is if troops start dying inside of transports in Space Marine Second Edition, and they're just they're just dead. They don't get a saving throw, so I would never really transport anything in it. No, me neither. And there's also there's a little rule in 2nd edition for them as well, because they're regimental, regimental regimental HQs. Oh yeah, if they get destroyed. Yeah, no orders. No orders may be issued for one turn, and all Imperial Guard units revert to no orders routine. Ouch. <laughs> I'd maybe forgotten about that. <laughs> um, as if it wasn't already quite a big target for the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: So yeah, I mean you're right. That's that is a bit of a serious consideration. <laughs> it's a bit of a weakness about the army. If you if you do lose it, that's that's pretty bad. So get another good reason why you should have two of them in your force if you can, because at least if one goes, then they're going to have problems getting rid of the second one. But yeah, it's just awesome firepower. So they're brilliant. Better for the squad, so definitely because you don't have that big disadvantage if they go down. So that's my
1: 2,000 points. What's your
0: moving on to 3,000? which what have you got?
1: Yeah, so my 3,000-point list, I've still got that same backbone of the, the Lehman Russ company, Imperial Guard Heavy Company. I've swapped out the bikes for Rough Riders for all the reasons we discussed on your 2,000-point list. I just think they're a bit better for the same for the same cost as two bike companies. One Rough one rider company appeals a little bit more to me. So I've taken those. I've also taken a Rocket Company, which is the kind of light artillery company. I figure at 3,000 points having you're probably going to be coming up against more infantry units or less heavily armored units so i've taken the rocket company because it's better dealing with massed infantry i think and manticores do that kind of double barrage and take a turn to reload but they are quite effective and anywhere winds are decent as well and are a little bit cheaper than the, the heavier artillery company so that's my reason for taking them I've also taken a, a Baneblade Super Heavy company now. Again, this one's kind of interchangeable. The Baneblades are that kind of middle ground Super Heavy where they, they've got similar firepower to maybe like six Lehman Russies, let's say, but they've obviously got the, the better armor save and better close assault factor. so
0: Well, one thing I would actually, I was going to mention this because I'm, I've got mm-hmm. some Super Heavies as well, but I've never actually talked about the Super Heavies. I think I missed this on the Eldar podcast when we were talking about it one major major change from second to the epic was that the super heavies Suddenly, they could take damage, basically. They could take... You had to roll a dice when you hit a Super Heavy. So this is what, once the Super Heavy fails its armour test, you roll another D6. If you roll a 1, there's no effect on the tank whatsoever. Hmm. 23, it's damaged. And 46, it's destroyed. So again, they've got better durability, the Super Heavy tanks, with, with Net Epic. Yeah, definitely. You get quite used to that. So it's just one of those things that I'm, I was looking at, it. I was thinking about this today, and I thought, hmm. The Super Heavies aren't quite as good as they are in there.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. I've, I've taken the Bane Blades as a little bit of a kind of compromise. They're, they're the kind of jack of all trades, master of none super heavies. But again, this is with the caveat that I'm, I'm making these lists without knowing what I'm going up against. I think most cases I'd probably take Stormhammers at this point's value. They're shorter range, but they've got an all round armor save, so you're not going to get them flanked and lose them to something, you know, a bolt or shot in the back. And they're better at close range, so uh, coming up against massed infantry or orcs, again, they're, they're going to perform better. Yeah. I've just really taken the Bane Blades here because. Again, I don't want to say they're iconic, but they're iconic. <laughs> <laughs> so I've taken them for that reason. Shadow Swords, we'll talk about later, no doubt, are Titan killers. They're fantastic, but I don't feel at 3,000 points you're going to be coming up against maybe enough Titans or enough Super Heavy vehicles to, to warrant them. So I've taken the blades just as, a, as an all-rounder, but that may in this hypothetical situation that may leave me with egg on my face because there there may be better ways to spend those points. But yeah, insert super heavy company here for that for that <laughs> card. At this point's value. And then again, for 150 points left over, I've I've dropped the third guns because I've taken the rocket company, so that's enough artillery. I have taken the Ogrins this time, and again, they would either form that role of protecting the artillery company from people assaulting them or going off on their own with a commissar to dig in somewhere and take an objective. And then for the last 50 points, I've just kept the rapiers in because, for the reasons discussed before, they're quite good for fire support and just holding lines i guess
0: and that's my 3000 points nice um so mine again i've got that core of the predator tank company and the rough riders three squads of grinds, the leviathan i've also taken a battery of repair lasers for this, again same reasons cheap it's just i just wanted to plug a wee hole in the points there and yeah they're really slow that's the one thing i've mentioned about them they're really slow they're quite hard to get into battle if you can get them in a the position straight away brilliant there's somewhere they can actually fire and that's I think they're only 50 range. That's another problem with them. But for 50 points, i'm not going to complain. So the other kind of two main units that I've, I've taken. So I get rid of the Hellhounds. I dro- they were dropped out this this one, and I've taken a heavy company for 600 points. Again, same as what you're saying earlier on. You know, they're really good for 600 points, and you're getting again same as the. Yeah, is that right? I 30, 30 attack dice. So I've got now got 60 attack dice between my heavy company and my predator company. That should be pretty fearsome and then you've got those six battle uh las cannon rather off of the leviathan so yeah, there's a lot of dice coming at whoever's going up against this army and you know against your choice on, on the super heavies i've went with the, the shadow swords i agree with what you're saying there's probably not going to be too much in the way of titans there but with all that firepower that i've got between the predators and the heavy company and the leviathan the idea is to if there's any titans that are anywhere near they're going to get their Shield stripped, and those Shadow Swords are going to absolutely annihilate the Titan because you get the is it 3 plus to hit, I think. And then it's a minus 4. Yep, that's right. Uh, to save it and I don't know if it's an epic thing or not, but you get a plus 3 to damage, I think.
1: I didn't get that, the penetrating it.
0: Good. Glad <laughs> I got that right. <laughs> yeah, because it basically means you're going to knock out a Titan. Unless If you hit a Titan in the head, all you need is 5 or 6, I think, to kill it. So mm-hmm. you're very likely to kill it with a, with a Shadow Sword. I also think it's still handy to have because, you know, if you're going to be up against uh, land raiders or grav tanks or so on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shadow Sword will just cut through them like a knife through bar, even though they're really good tanks and pretty powerful. Yeah. Also, quite handy against the, you know, to counter the uh, tempest if you're facing the Eldar, because it, again, you know, they're really hard to get rid of. That's one of the reasons why I was saying in the last episode I like them so much. Mm-hmm. The Shadow Swords are definitely an antidote towards them if you think you're facing <laughs> tempests and an opposing force. That's definitely the way to go. Yeah. And that's me, three thousand points. So. We're already on to four thousand again.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're rolling through it. I thought this would be a longer because of the variety, but um I think I think we we, we know what we like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um yeah, for for my four thousand, similar to the three thousand, I've got the Lehman Russ Company, the heavy company, and the Rough Rider Company forming the backbone. I've also got the Bane blades still in there to be confirmed. Again, I think the Bane blades might be swapped out for for storm hammers in, in a lot of cases. I've swapped out the rocket company for the artillery company. Uh, This gives you bombards and basilisks. Basilisks are great. They've got a minus one save modifier on them so they're they're not just going to be shrugged off by tanks this time and they fire twice per turn which is great as well. The bombards have got a minus three save modifier to them and can also great for taking down buildings. Yeah. and um, so they're they're fantastic. So yeah for the extra fifty points against a rocket company um, if you're coming up against anything that's going to be armoured I think it's worth taking for sure.
0: Does the bombard take a turn to reload or something?
1: It? No, it doesn't. It's it's got a minimum range of fifty which is a little bit of a a little bit of a limitation, I guess, if, if things getting close to it. Yeah.
0: If you pop it down one corner of the battlefield, you're usually, you've got the whole table at your disposal, basically, if you get a spot or somewhere.
1: Yeah, but it's also three barrage points each, so you know you're firing them in concert for nine barrage points is pretty awesome. So yeah, they are worth it. I think in nine out of ten cases, I would find the fifty points somewhere. Probably drop that rapier support company and take the heavier artillery over the rockets. But like I said before, it's it's depends what you're coming up against, really. Yeah, I always
0: liked the rockets as a miniatures, but I didn't really like. Them.
1: Yeah, exactly. For some reason, I never really took to them
0: overall. But mm-hmm. yeah, I like the, the artillery company as well.
1: Yeah, it was always it was always a big feature in our games growing up. So yeah, I've been a big fan of them for a while. And then I've taken a Shadow Sword company as well for the exact reason. So I think at 4,000 points, I can justify it for sure. Definitely going to be some big targets on the field at that points value. So taking them in conjunction with Bane Blades or, or Storm Hammers gives you a good gamut of um, super heavies. And then for the final by 600 points i had toyed with the idea of taking another company because you know most of the imperial guard companies are 600 points but i've opted to go for flyers we've talked about flyers before they are they can be a little bit game breaking so this would be one i'd be discussing ahead of time if i was going to take flyers with my opponent and certainly if i was going to take two, two cards of them i'd definitely definitely mention it just to be a, a sporting chap <laughs> but yeah i've taken the marauders and the thunderbolts of the Marauders we've talked about previously are they're flying tanks effectively they're really good they, they will cut through titans in one turn they'll take out vehicle companies in a turn no bother and for 350 points they're awesome and the thunderbolts are the are the kind of dog fighting uh, fighters if you're coming up against other flyers they're fantastic for that but they're also good for taking out masses of infantry with their with their rocket pods and strafing runs so yeah, they're really cool. I, I I just love the models as well and I think they fit well with the aesthetic for the Imperial Guard, so that's the main reason I've taken them. If I was playing against someone that had an issue with flyers in second edition, as they may well have, because they are they can be a little bit of a of a game changer, then I would just swap that out for, for another company.
0: Am I not mean, saying they didn't come in until Titan Legion's time,
1: or were they there? Yeah, we released them um, with Titan Legions, yeah. I think, it. yeah, I need to check. Yeah, I don't have any
0: cards for them, that's the reason why I'm thinking.
1: Ah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, so the cards were released a White Dwarf Supplement, so yeah, it was after Titan Legions because the cards didn't come in the, the Titan Legion box. Which is weird, it was it was all around the same time because they gave the cards for the Elder Flyers in the Titan Legions box, but they didn't give the Imperial ones, they came out slightly after. a couple of months, I think, after the release. But yeah, I'd swap them out for another company of something if there was an issue with them. But yeah, at this point, I'm now running out of actual um I have commissar models and cards to display. So um, yeah, <laughs> up to six now at this stage, which is it's great. And that's another thing, another caveat for people that play NetEpic to nerf that slightly. That you only got commissars with infantry companies. You didn't get them infantry and cavalry companies. You didn't get them with the tank companies. Or artillery companies anymore. All oh, right. And so that's another one. And yeah, I stopped giving out so many commissars. I guess at the point where it gets. Yeah,
0: it does kind of override.
1: Yeah, it gets a bit daft. But then, yeah, that's my uh,
0: 4,000 points. Cool. Okay, so my 4,000 again, Predator Tank Company, Rough Riders, Heavy Company, Leviathan, uh, three sets of grinds, and I've also add- added the Artillery Company. Same as yourself, just it's pretty awesome, and the bassless in particular. It's great the amount of barrages. that's twice a turn. Here, that's what you said, wasn't
1: it? The bassless yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the bombard as well. Oh, and, and second edition in particular, it's it's really it's really good because the buildings were so brittle. Actually, I'm I'm curious. I've got a feeling that the bombard still destroys buildings in the epic. I'm sure I actually read that.
1: Yeah, I'm fairly sure it does. Yeah. So it's
0: one of the it's one of the ones even in the epic that still can do that. Mm-hmm. but yeah i mean if you get the artillery company in second edition you're going to just be bringing down buildings left right and center so if i was forming up against an artillery company <laughs> i would be keeping a wide berth of all buildings um if i was playing second edition definitely they're pretty awesome that way again i've got the shadow swords because they're my favorites and i've also taken the vindicators so if those artillery company don't bring the buildings down my, <laughs> my Vindicators are going to clear the guys out of them anyway. Yeah, They are slightly tricky sometimes because because of that 50 range, it can make them a wee bit awkward. to get. You've got to be pretty careful with how you deploy them. Make sure you get them, you can hopefully advance, or worst case scenario, charge and, and get them into range for the second turn. Yeah, it can be kind of touch and go. If you're trying to advance them in first turn, mm-hmm. they're going to be within 50 range of, a, of an enemy unit, so...
1: They'll, they'll shrug off most with that 2 plus save though they will shrug off most um attacks you have to be you have to be kind of unlucky to exactly to lose them and that, and that's one of the kind of great things about imperial guard is being able to take these as companies for relatively low point costs as well taking companies of vindicators and predators whereas the marines don't get that even though they're their tanks effectively yeah which has <laughs> always been a funny one for me but yeah,
0: exactly so it's just over a thousand points for the vindicators and the, t- the predators and you're getting 20 tanks for that that's Pretty amazing. When you think of a, a warlord titan has been nine hundred points, give me the twenty tanks please. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my four thousand points back over to you for the the last <laughs> the last lot. Five thousand <laughs> the big one.
1: Yeah, so so for the five thousand points I had a lot of options here at this point i was thinking about bringing in leviathans or titans or some kind of allies but I, w- I wanted to keep it as pure imperial guard as possible as i was talking about earlier and just as a bit of a weird flex i've brought in a hell war company so that's it for those that don't know it's it's the massive tunneler vehicle that can carry a, a whole company of infantry so 30 stands of imperial guardsmen inside this, this tunneler, which will pop out on the battlefield at some point and and wreak havoc uh, that's the idea anyway in practice i've never used it so it's um, a little bit of a gamble and again this is a funny one we took talk, we talked about kind of unit differences and deep striking and things versus second edition versus net epic second edition rules to the Hellbore are a little bit more involved there's there's rules to see whether it comes up out of the ground and there's there's kind of random scattering of, of stuff whereas in, in net epic it's, it's simplified down into the, the same kind of deep strike rules which again would make me more inclined to take it in net because i'm less likely to get it wrong and it's, 1, points, so it's a thousand points as a Massive sink and it's filled with guardsmen which aren't massively fantastic in their own right but having 30 of them popping out in the middle of the battlefield rolling 30 dice against something could be game-changing so for, for those reasons i've brought it in again it's like i said the lack of mobility of the imperial guard for the infantry it's, it's one way of really getting them getting them into some action and also when
0: that emerges it you use that 12 centimeter template don't you in the
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah. So if you, if you can, has got to make a save, don't they? Yeah. If you can pop up in the middle of you know another infantry company on the enemy side, you can more or less potentially wipe them out or at least disrupt them massively before your your troops disengage. Yeah. So it's quite a cool one. It'd be, I think it'd be a good one to flex on your your opponent at some point. I'm I'm not sure. Like
0: if you want to see an action that's on the channel, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, that's reports. It. I think it was uh, I was IG versus Orcs.
1: That's right, that did inspire me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, every, until I realised you were going to use it in your own list, I was going to have that as well, because mm-hmm. I, I did quite enjoy having it. And it was, uh, yeah. it was a fun yeah. moment for the game that this thing appeared and <laughs> units, or units were disappearing into the grinders and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was one of those things that kind of got my imagination going. Yep. i'm not sure overall is it worth a thousand points yeah i don't, yeah, I, I don't was know fun. about
1: that yeah i don't <laughs> know about that that's the thing when you, when you think about what else you could take for that thousand points it makes it really hard to justify but i've taken it <laughs> so so there yeah it's, a, it's an expensive gamble
0: but it's a great bit of fun in the game and it adds a, a bit of drama as well and yeah and as the opposition if you know that the other person's got a hellboard you're going to be quaking in your boots thinking <laughs> where is this thing going to appear and you're going to be doing everything you can to scour, So. I suppose it's a good reason why we shouldn't maybe tell each other what we're bringing to the table and secretly have it in a bag nearby <laughs> and just go, oh, oh, by the way.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Of course, if you,
0: were, if you were savvy enough, you'd be like thinking, that doesn't look enough for like for 5,000 points. like.
1: Yeah, was... yeah. Well, I think we've talked about this before. I think one time I wasn't really listening to you reading out your list and then didn't pay attention to the fact you had a, a drop pod company. So yeah, it's, easy, it's easily done. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, but like you say, a thousand points is expensive, but potentially worth it. And yeah, if, if for nothing else, just the fun of getting to use it.
0: Yeah, and also they they don't have that problem that the the drop pods have, where they they can't open.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I think the thing just spills open and they all come out, and that's that's that. Yeah. So it's got an advantage on that in that way, and it it does have some weapons on it as well. The Hellboard but itself. No,
1: it not in second edition. Um, oh, alright, okay. Yeah, all it's right. only in in the epic. I was just reading that there as well. It doesn't have the the grenade launchers or the or the missile launchers it does in the um, in the epic. So and again in the Epic it's got a Praetorian damage template and stuff like that, whereas it doesn't in um, in second edition. So yeah, there's definitely some changes to it. It's definitely been beefed up then mm-hmm. because
0: uh I, I suppose another thing we should say about the hellbore is if you don't already own one, it is not cheap to buy on eBay. It's um,
1: yeah it's also possibly the most pointless model too, and because it's a token at the end of the day. like The transporter doesn't do anything. The transporter doesn't move that it sits on. I think, in, and again, in 2nd edition, it's used as an observation unit. And if you've got the potential if the enemy destroys the transporter unit, which is on the table, then you can send the hellbore off course. It
0: right, deviates further.
1: Yeah, it deviates further. But it's not a massively debilitating thing. The actual hellbore itself sits off the table and... When it emerges it doesn't really do anything It just sits like a big turd on the table so it's <laughs> it's not it's a fairly useless thing to have I, i've actually started modeling a template for it because a, a compact disc is 12 centimeters which is the exact same size as, as the hellbore template as it comes out so i've started modeling a kind of crater 12 centimeter crater with the the kind of front of a drill bit coming out of the ground nice and a bit of cone i started this a while back and i've not finished it yet but that, that's going to be my my hellboard template for coming out i just want to know which album bit the dust uh, it was actually a, a, a copied album oh, some some uh, some nonsense so yeah don't worry there was not no no, no yeah no no limited edition uh, first pressings were uh <laughs> <laughs> were harmed in the in the making of this hellbore. <laughs> but yeah ironically that would still probably be cheaper than than buying the real model yeah. uh, in most cases but, but yeah it's, it's a funny one I, I don't really understand why it holds so much value because it's just a big lump of metal on top of some old Italiani tank tracks it's something i've also made a right arse of painting so i I got it painted second hand done with like humbrol paints and, and some gloss varnish i've tried my damnedest to strip it and to repaint it and it's just ended up thicker and worse than before so oh, no. so all the more reason for it modeling my own one which is again hopefully going to be a bit more in scale as well because like most of the epic vehicles when you look at them and you think how did 30 guys i mean i know the imperial guard isn't great for health and safety or or taking care of its employees but you know, 30 guys crammed into this tube it <laughs> <laughs> uh, doesn't doesn't make much sense to me but I don't yeah, know, it, I makes, it makes more
0: sense than the Thunderbricks, I have to say.
1: Yeah, well, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. still a big model. It's pretty, you know, sizable. Probably, good. in fact, probably longer than a, a Leviathan, I would say.
1: Oh, yeah. The old the old Leviathan makes no sense at all either when it's meant to. How you're going to fit these guys in there? But yeah, so, ah, right, that's that's me. That's my five thousand point list. What have you got?
0: Well, basically my four thousand point list plus two more companies of super heavies. I just love super heavies. It's as simple as that. Awesome. yeah, so it's the Bane Blades, which I agree with you about. You know, I would rather have Shadow Swords or the Storm Hammers. If I was pick- only picking two, I would take the two other ones. Storm Hammers can be a bit like what I was saying with the, the Vindicators, they can be a bit tricky because they've only got the 50 range, mm-hmm. but once you get them in the 50 range, they're you know, they're really powerful. So, I do, I do really like them. And you're, you're kind of halving the firepower. It's basically that's, that's what it is, isn't it? It's, it's basically they get four dice, don't they? And mm-hmm. the Bane Blade only gets two, is it? That's right. Yeah. right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've never been that mad in the Bain Blades because I kind of hold them up to the, the Land Raider company, which you can get 10 of them for 600 points.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I was saying earlier, even against, they've got a very similar armament armament to the Laman Russ in as much as the Laz Cannons and the, the Battle Cannons are the same stats um, for the most part. So you're getting less dice than you would if you got a Laman Russ company, but you've got that slightly added survivability. Yeah close assault factor so yeah it's a bit of a trade off but I think if you're going your head rather than your heart you'd probably take a company of medium tanks rather than the super heavies but yeah I just love them but, yeah, but they're, they're just awesome
0: yeah exactly you know another mainstay of the see a chain it for uh... <laughs> not iconic <laughs> a mainstay um, yes. of the uh, yes. Imperial Guard darn me so yeah, I do like them, but I, I do rate the the stormhammers. Once they're in that fifty range, they're pretty devastating. Okay. So uh, yeah, I like them for I like them for the shorter range combat, and and the shadow swords for the picking off stuff at, at longer range. But I still do like the Bane blades a lot. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it, like you say, it's. It's kind of close to the, the cost of a company of, of lesser ones, so it's, it's harder to justify. other thing, again, one of my notes from YouTube viewers is you'll see that one of the uh, last Canon mounts is missing, which is really annoying on one of my blade models. And the even more annoying thing was, I mean, this has been missing for about two or three years. I've been looking for this. And as soon as I finished taking the mm-hmm. photographs and put it all away, I found it. <laughs> Which is great news in on the one hand, but really <laughs> one in the other. <laughs> so sorry mm-hmm. you're having to look at that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've got the same thing. One of my one of my um, shadow swords has got one missing the sponson cannon. I've, I've fashioned one out of wire, like a paper clip and a bit of putty, and it looks crap from a. <laughs> Uh, up close, but from a distance, it's fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm short sighted anyway, so I I wouldn't even noticed it.
1: Orc battle wagon turrets—they are my go-to for missing. I was going to cans. say that. Yeah. yeah, they're brilliant chopping them up. I've I've put a row of them down the side of one of my squat overlord airships, and yeah, you'd never tell the difference from from a distance. They're really yeah, good. they're
0: handy. So that's us. Yep, that's our five thousand points. That's done all the lists
1: yeah we actually covered off quite a lot I, I thought it was going to be more similar than than it was or i thought there was going to be more units left on the table than, than there were but in actual fact yeah the imperial guard at this at uh, this stage in epic didn't, didn't have that much of an arsenal you know they, they weren't as varied as they as they are in the kind of later games
0: yeah so if we move on to the cavalcade of the unloved <laughs> i'd like to make a special mention about the capital imperialis which
1: yeah i yeah. really
0: love the model i've, I've always liked that model Mm-hmm. I know it's not got too much to it, and some people think it should have much more weapons on it. I agree, it should have better weapons on it. And the Epic upgraded it because the weapons in the Capital Imperialis are just dreadful and second edition.
1: It's a typo. I thought the Behemoth Cannon 25cm thing was a typo, and I've just read it in both sections of the rulebook, and it's still 25cm. I thought it should be 250. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
0: terrible. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can put a volcano cannon on it um, from memory in and, and the, and the Epic. So I think it's more expensive in the Epic, but it's worth it. Mm, Another thing that I quite like about the Capital Imperialist, and I was tempted slightly tempted (laughs) but not completely uh, was to use it to bring the heavy company because they can fire out of it. I don't know if that's maybe an epic thing but it's certainly definitely an epic they Mm -hmm. they can effectively fire off the top deck of it. So yeah I quite like putting at least one squad of heavy guys and I wouldn't recommend a a whole company because (laughs) it's already a big enough target it's going to be even bigger if you load you know, if you basically get a thousand points all tied up in it. So yeah, six Void Shields though, so that's that's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I have always liked it, and I would have liked to have had the Capital Imperialis in my force, but it's hard to justify it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's cheap enough to take it and not feel too guilty about it.
0: It's just not going to do anything, that's the problem. It's not fast enough to transport the troops. It's 10 centimeters every every round, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you'd basically have to be playing against an opponent that didn't really appreciate it, and then just threw loads of stuff at it to allow it to you know, actually fight, which is in most cases all you do is just ignore it.
0: But then on the other hand, you've got that regimental HQ thing going on again that we talked about earlier on where it's, you know, if you take it out then the whole Imperial Guard force has got no orders next its turn, which is massive so it's already got reason enough for me to be attacked and I don't think it <laughs> needs any more, especially when it, it can't really reply. That, that's the, the part that annoys me about it, that it's not get any arsenal to really do anything because you know when you're moving 10 centimeters every turn you get 25 range it's just not going to trouble it another unit that i really really like and i would probably take had we been playing net epic would be the gorgons i really like the gorgon models yeah again they're a bit slow for me i wish they were maybe like another five centimeters
1: yeah i think giving them 15 centimeters would make them much more viable any transport which moves the same speed as the infantry is fairly pointless yeah in my opinion even with the extra save from the front it's, it's something i've experimented with is taking organs in them to get them into the, into the battle but unless you expect them to get splatted by artillery it seems fairly pointless but anyway what were you going to say about them <laughs>
0: yeah again it's just i always like the models for them i like that kind of snowplow thing they've got in the front i like the double mm-hmm. save that they get because you get a one plus save for that and then it's a second save. That's why I would always hit them with volcano cannon if I was playing against them or, or something of its own and take out five infantry inside it. So they're always a bit kind of juicy looking targets to me. <laughs> Another thing about NetEpic is that in the old second edition, it was like you had to work out the percentage of your move and then it would like the correspondence. So if you moved 80% of your vehicle, if the troops were coming out, they could only move 20% of their movement. Mm-hmm. Net Epic is much more generous in that it just basically takes five centimeters off the movement. Mm-hmm. So the Gorgons are a lot more attractive in the Epic because you can move 25 centimeters instead of, you know, if, it, if you move 25 centimeters in second edition, then that means what, 75, roughly 75%. I don't know. I'm not doing the maths <laughs> <laughs> properly at the moment. But yeah. say it was, you've only got 25% of movement left, which is another five centimeters. Whereas if it was in Epic, you would get twenty five and then you would get fifteen when your troops. So it does make a big difference.
1: Well they only move ten though, so but if you charge them you'd only get fifteen centimetres for disembarking the troops and then the troops would only get five centimetres, so it'd be a twenty centimetre
0: overall movement still. No, because your troops have got a ten centimetre move rate, so
1: Oh okay, so they're yeah, coming in charge, of course. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. No no, got you. you. Fair you enough. You do sorry.
0: get a bit, a bit further up the the board and that,
1: that Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I just I just still feel it's just yeah it's it's so marginal it's difficult to justify taking transports that only move 10 centimetres but
0: and they also have a poor armament which is another annoying thing I think it's mm-hmm. <laughs> only like 15 centimetres or something which is pretty hopeless when. They're... yeah
1: again you're kind of goading the enemy to come in close to them yeah which doesn't work out because anybody knows the stats of them will just shoot them from a distance yeah probably not engaging from the front as well so ah, it's it's an interesting one we
0: do have an extra use um, for um, siege scenarios where they if they go through minefields they basically can clear the minefield
1: ah yeah yeah can clear
0: a path through it yeah. we very, very rarely have a, a siege game just because mm. it's it's pretty tactically dull I think for yes. one side because yes. all you're going to do is sit and first fire the whole game it's probably more fun I would imagine for a, a one player game really a siege scenario ah,
1: definitely yeah yeah it saves you having to work out any kind of complex. AI or whatever you chuck everything in the first fire that you're against
0: exactly so yeah they're the kind of two main ones that i was thinking that i would quite like to have had in the forces i would quite like to add some flyers as well but i was just sticking with the kind of bulk standard second before
1: i think you're right in doing that like like i say no, there I, was
0: i don't think you're wrong that's not what <laughs> i was meaning
1: <laughs> yeah well i think we talked about this before that keeping stuff in from white dwarf supplements is probably you know it's okay it's stuff that was released in the yep. titan, titan legions era that's what i said earlier there, there was an update when the chimera became the standard infantry transport in 40k for the imperial Guard, replacing the rhino that kind of rolled into epic as well a little bit too late probably but they started replacing transports with chimeras and then they brought out chimera variants so there was things like the chimera dawn which had a battle cannon 50 centimetre range, 4 plus to hit minus 2, I think, from memory. So it became a better kind of fire support platform than like a Rhino would be. So taking those became quite a, a good option for the Imperial Guard. Other than that, there was obviously stuff that was supplemented in the Citadel journals. We don't really talk about those so much because I don't think any of either of us really bother too much with that. There were units. that were specialists. I think. I think one thing we were going to talk about was um, likes of like the special characters, which neither of us really take too often in our games. But there's was the likes of it, Commissar Yarrick for the Imperial Guard was released. Kind of, I think it was like White Dwarf issue one forty odd. They brought him in with Gascoth Thraka for the Orcs, and that was the start of the kind of bringing special characters into Epic, and eventually through Citadel Journal and and White Dwarf, most factions got some kind of named characters. Uh, but Yarick is a really good for one hundred fifty points as a special card. He's, he's pretty impressive. Of, it's a pretty tough character to take for the Imperial Guard so there's units that we probably won't talk about for all the factions that, that were introduced in the Citadel Journal but I wouldn't be adverse to having them in, in our list if, if that was something we wanted to do but again I just think from knowing you and from knowing me I don't think either of us play with those units very much they've been kind of rolled into 2nd edition so, uh, not 2nd edition into Net Epic so again not to talk we talked a lot about Net Epic tonight but one of the you know Net Epic has fleshed out a lot more units than 2nd uh, than edition had and most of those have have, they're not been made up by the community. They've came from official sources. They've came from like the Citadel journals. Um, so that's where the, that's the kind of origin behind a lot of those units that you will find in the Epic. That became staples. They actually were to one point or another official in in a second edition. But yeah, sticking to the sticking to the main sort of armies of the Imperium supplement and and white dwarf stuff. I don't, I don't think we've we've not missed off too much. Um, I, I did mention some of the support units earlier that I would like to take, but just can't really justify a lot of time because you want to focus on companies yeah sentinels are a
0: good example Always
1: Yeah, Sentinels those are great I, again I, I love the models i i, I love the models in second edition epic i love them more in sort of 40k later on that kind of um totally ripping off the, the scout walker um atst from star wars style armored ones i think they look amazing and the, there's an epic 40k model for them which i intend to grab at some point but again i'm, I'm less inclined to do that because you find it hard to actually get them into a game yeah they can be good for you know again grabbing yeah. objectives or protecting artillery that kind of thing but oftentimes they just don't get used i think again in, in later editions they do find a lot more uses because there's special rules for scouting and for that kind of thing but
0: they are fairly brittle as well They're-
1: yeah, they're, they're not great. I think we, we talked about them in the, the Eldar list for the War Walkers. they've yeah. got a similar stat line to those that, they fulfil that kind of role of scouting fast unit but don't really do much. So Yeah,
0: that's my problem I like the unit but I don't like how it operates if that makes
1: sense. Nah, totally totally. Rattling snipers I think are definitely got a use because of that not being able to target them uh, unless you're within 25 centimetres of them. Could be really annoying for your opponent. <laughs> uh, so I would bring them in.
0: Also kind of handy because they can target each unit which Again, if you're playing Orcs, is a big, big bonus because, <laughs> as we'll get into in that that episode when we get round to it targeting the Orc knobs is, they're the real fire the real power behind the Orcs yeah. really are and the, and the knobs so the fact that you've got rattling snipers that can pick them off because what you would normally do as an Orc player is just throw all your, your cannon fodder boys out in the front but the fact that they can do that is actually quite important
1: yeah they're really they're, they're an interesting unit as well they, they operate individual stands as well they're not uh you know they don't have to remain in cohesion with each other so yeah in hindsight just, just have to read the rules out for them there as we're talking I think I probably would try and take them for that that 150 point slot or whatever they've they got free just for those reasons versus taking rapiers and thud guns so yeah roll, roll back start again <laughs> scrap <laughs> this <laughs> but no other than that i think i think we've covered most of the other units certainly because of a lot of the crossover the space marine forces we don't need to cover them again the only other one that's in pure regard specific at this point is like death strike missiles kind of one shot yeah like warp missiles or special ammunition Now again i'm not gonna you've probably used them more than i have i've never used them i do think they're probably quite good on paper you had much experience with them or
0: not really much i've not had enough and i should mm-hmm. use them a bit more
1: yeah for
0: memory though the problem is that they can uh, they can they move so far and then like the other side can actually shoot at them and
1: that's right yeah, the, the the missile itself because I've, I've modeled one on a, a flight stand with a magnet and stuff so it can actually fly along the battlefield oh, nice but, yeah, it becomes an object on the battlefield rather than, being you know, a kind of hit scan type thing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely got its drawbacks.
0: And also because it's a one-shot weapon. Mm-hmm. That always puts me off immediately. As soon as it's a one-shot, it's kind of like, mm, do I really yeah. want points for it? However, if it hits, then it could be pretty nasty. Definitely. Exactly,
1: yeah. It's a bit of one of these kind of gamble units. Um, other than that, I think... In pure guard they've got they've got the hydra anti-aircraft cannons as well which we've talked about a little bit before when we talked about the Eldar. triple a this is another thing that was brought in in Titan legions era late second edition to counteract the flyers and they're, they're pretty decent i think it's like five attack dice hitting on fives minus one modifier or something so they're, they're good but they're kind of very role specific if you know you're going to be coming up against flyers but yeah i mean that, that's more or less covered everything we, we didn't talk about beastmen or We didn't really talk about the the Humble Guardsmen too much aside from that Hellbore mentioned. They're pretty much the same thing we've talked about with most of these standard infantry units is that there's better options for taking there's heavy infantry or dedicated assault infantry. Very rarely want to take that 10-centimeter, 50-centimeter shooting, hitting on fives, no target save modifier guy because you've got so many points to spend you want to specialise a little bit more. But yeah, other than that, I think we've, we've more or less covered everything.
0: Yeah. So, well, I suppose the question is to the community. Do you agree? What are your favourite army lists for the Imperial Guard yourselves? Let us know. That would be good. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to the channel uh, or share it about if you know him, somebody else that might be interested and listen to it. So I suppose other than that, I just thank you for joining me again, Craig, and sharing your thoughts about
1: Imperial Guard. No worries. Cheers, Problem As always.
0: Good to have you here. And, yeah, so next time I think we're planning Chaos next, is it? Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's good so yeah there'll be plenty to talk about there because there's so many Mm -hmm. different units across the powers i think we're going to for the first time we're kind of going to specialize off so we'll be taking two powers each kind of and also some general stuff so hopefully our army list will be full of variety and there'll be plenty i'm sure to talk about in that one Mm -hmm. but until then keep on living the life of die